Welcome to the Spin Tune Sports Show. I'm one of your hosts, Al Bielsi. With me is my co-host, Samuel Tarley. We're here to shoot the shit and talk some sports, but first, I have to tell you that we're brought to you by Porzingis Bottle Service. So fast, you won't even see it coming. Oh, you, you threw a little curve up there, Al. I don't like the Tarly. What the hell's that about? I figured, I mean, listen, you're not nearly as large as Samuel Tarly, but I, I figured you'd love the character, the spirit of the character. He's not, he wasn't even in the last episode. Yeah, but it's not It's not based on what happened in the past episode. Fair. I just, I was expecting... He is a, a great character on I, the show. I was expecting someone relevant in the last episode. Sometimes. Which we will go into right now. The, listen, the Starbucks of Winterfell last week was relevant in the moment. That's the true. Porzingis bottle service is relevant very, in the moment. Very relevant. Tarly was a little bit of a curveball. I'll accept it. I don't think... If you told people they were Samwell Tarly, I don't think they'd take that as a positive. Would they take it more or less positive than Mike took being Theon Greyjoy? He, no, he took that and he ran with it. He loved He loves being Reek. No, he hated it. No, he... Talk to him now. He loves being Reek. Okay, well, sure, he had a great death, but... No, this... A year... year he's had a year of embracing the Theon. But that was... That's been a couple years now. He hated it in the moment. It was one of the few times that Mike showed that sort of weakness, allowing us to be the vultures that, like... He, he steered into the curve. Uh, but going into the episode... Guys, spoilers. Spoilers right off the episode. bat. Um, I'm going to start with the thing everybody's talking about, which is Danny. I have other issues. Hang on a second. Before we go any further, just so you know, you may hear some feminine voices laughing and or screeching in the background. I'm sorry. That's just the roller coaster that is the BLC, BLC household. Um, the roller coaster of pronouncing the name. Yes, true. <laughs> Everything here is a roller coaster. Oh, nice. Um, so, Danny, how did you feel about her flip? We talked about it in the last episode where we thought the, the Mad Queen, in quotes, was coming. Yeah, uh, the thing is, this was always a very realistic uh, endgame. Agreed. Um, so, I'm fine with that part of it, but as has become very common with the show, the execution was handled very sloppily. Agreed. Um there's a way to do it. Many ways, actually. I've seen some think pieces on, hey, how can we get here? Because it's true to what they've been teasing for a long time that this was an option. And I'm actually perfectly okay with them going in and doing it. Um, but the execution was really poor. I think I, I saw some more detailed versions of it, but the kind of the bullet points of what I would have done is find some way to reorganize the way that the past two episodes have gone in such a way that Ragel's death at Euron's giant crossbow hands would lead to her directly going on a spree and killing everyone in the moment it is a crime of passion. Even if she decides to fully lean into it, then it becomes a more organic, sensible way where it's like, okay, that was truly the straw right. that broke the camel's back. Yeah, no, that that's kind of where I'm at. I think that people keep saying there's tons of evidence that she could do this. Yes. A little bit. There's not a ton where she... She has the throne. What she's been looking for this entire time sits back, relaxes, hear the bell, and is like, you know what? I'm going to snap and kill all these innocent people. There's not enough evidence for that. Yeah, I totally agree with that part. That's what I'm saying. Like, I like the destination, but Agreed. I don't like the way we got there. I agree. I agree. So when that we thought we talked about the Mad Queen coming, I thought it was going to be somewhat similar to what happened, but like the bell didn't ring or it did ring, and she keeps going at Cersei, not necessarily. You know, innocent people, yeah. and there's innocent lives. That Just are... a lot of collateral damage exactly. rather than full-on genocide. And then there's, you know, you can look at it both sides where it's like, why did you keep going? And she's like, well, I had to kill my enemies. Collateral damage is collateral damage, and people could understand that. And then there's the other side that says, no, it's already won. Why did you, why'd you do that? Why did yeah. you go to the extra point? The, the act of finding and killing innocent people was like, 
all right, I can't really buy into this. Just there hasn't been enough evidence for me to see her snap like that. It had a very. I know you're not a Lord of the Rings guy, no. although you did see the first one. So the reference is from the first five minutes of the first. Oh, one. perfect! I probably won't understand it, but I I should know it. You sure wanted during the whole prologue at the very beginning when they talk about the original battle uh, with Sauron, the Dark Lord. They have Isildur cuts him, gets his ring, the one ring of power. Right. Walks up to the precipice over the lava and all he has to do is throw it in and then his friend Elrond helpfully says cast it into the fire mm-hmm. and he turns around and says no and walks out with it fomenting the entire next few thousand years of the story right. and the whole battle for the one ring and that the actual story of the trilogy goes through this is kind of the same situation she's just sitting there chilling she has the, all the opportunity in the world to make the right choice she's won and just says no yeah it's that, the exact same thing yeah it, um the difference being we have eight seasons of evidence as to why she shouldn't have done that, whereas right. we have four minutes of prelude to Isildur making that choice. Right. That, so the thing that annoyed me was right afterwards, it, it seemed pretty... I think, I think even if they had abbreviated that scene, I wouldn't have had as much of an issue. Like, they spent like 90 seconds waiting to see what she was going to yeah, do. Yeah. The... If it was like 10 seconds and like she had already made the decision and was just like, fuck it, I'm committed to this action, even then I kind of would have got it. Yeah. No, the thing that I had the issue with was afterwards, it, seeing the reviews and, you know, people's opinions... Was people kept saying, no, this has been coming for, for eight seasons. They listed all the things that she's done. The one with the Pikachu at the bottom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like... Uh, it was a great image. It was. It's a little bit... But, the like, okay, she's burned people in every season, but they were her enemies. Like, she, But it's also an aspect of escalation yeah, but, from one to the next. But to me... Because it was it, like, like immediately, like, you killed my son and husband, burned one person. Right. Totally justifiable. Like, the, the wise masters, the, the, the house and dying, the they stole theme, the dragons, etc., so the on. The theme between the one and eight was, they were her enemies, regardless of the trend. And the majority of them had earned exactly. it. Although the ones towards the end of it, maybe less so, specifically the Tarleys, didn't necessarily earn that in that way. Well, I, I would argue that um, that's, you know, they were fighting in a battle... Bend the knee, or you you have a decision. They're, he's giving, she's giving them a decision. They chose death. Sure, but that's, the point is that's still such a drastic move to killing innocent people. Sure. Um. What? I, well, I, I, I'm not actually sure if we're agreeing or disagreeing about the Tarleys because it's justifiable, even if it seems like maybe fifty one forty nine towards the maybe you shouldn't have done that. Um. Whereas, because you could just say, okay, they're an important political and military prisoner. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, to me, it, that that. Uh, that going around was it wasn't a, a good argument to me for it them it was going. missing the mark somewhat there's yes. merits to it but I agree it's a bit reductive so again I, I was fine we predicted that Danny would go Mad Queen I thought it would be to a much lesser extent yeah, than I, her I, actively killing innocent people I think you could have even tweaked that scene where the bells ring and she decides to just fly over and go right at Cersei that makes sense and if the Lannisters in that moment decided to go fight back yes. and Again, I think this all comes back to if you had Regal as well. Yeah. If Regal gets shot down in the fire and that's when she goes nuts, right. it's you just earn it. I've, I've read or seen other people. You know what could have made her go to that point where, um, like, she, if she you know gets to Cersei and finds that she's already died, like Jamie comes in and is like, "This is over," and they drink you know poison and kill each other, and she goes mad because Tyrion backstabbed her again, and she finds out I you know the death of Cersei wasn't. Because of me, yeah, but even and that's Jamie, pretty thin. But that's her getting, you know, betrayed again by her. I guess I so. But it's, her, even though she's getting betrayed, she's still getting what she wants. Yeah, but her realizing that—that that sounds like her just hands, a good reason to kill Tyrion. Yeah, I could see her losing. I'm not saying it's a great idea, but that would have made more sense to me. Well, the one thing I will say is there is 
even within the event, the course of events as they went, when you if you take it straight from watching John have all the the celebration at Winterfell after the battle, where they're all celebrating him and not her, yeah, the awkwardness with them this next scene after them leaving, Rhaegal getting killed, Varys betraying her, she's not eating, she's isolated herself and is being isolated indirectly, all of that stuff, and then in the moment she decides that you know fuck this. I can understand all of those things to a point, um, and they certainly are all contributing factors. I just don't think it was enough. Agreed. In the execution, like I said, if it was one of those things where she's on top of the thing, and she commits to her course of action, and the bells start ringing, and she just decides, "Fucking, I'm not breaking off my attack." Right. I even could have mostly got on board with that, yeah. even if it left me still feeling a little off. Yeah, it, it felt off to me. It, just, it just sitting there forced. for like ninety seconds. Yeah. It felt forced. And it felt off. Like, it, it, it made the, so the tension was cut with a knife, right? But yeah. it still just didn't feel like it actually fit. Um, but but moving on, I, I think everybody has their, their Danny opinions. I don't think we're swaying anybody on that. Um, it's funny. I actually jotted down I, uh, notes during the episode, and they were just, like, little tiny things. Until the end, I'm like, well, what I took notes on means nothing at this point. Because I was like, oh, this happened. This is kind of weird. That's kind of weird. And then the big things happened. I'm like, oh, they don't mean a thing. The other thing I, I would say with some of the things, like, pros and cons versus the episode, I've been so disappointed with the way things have gone this season and i understand in some regards why that's been the case um what i'm trying to do at this point in the show for especially the last like two or three episodes is forget about the decisions that have been made prior to now they're set in stone yep identify okay knowing that this is cold hard fact what we've already had happen how does the next episode build on that right to try and like identify them on their own because i've so disliked what's happened in the last couple of episodes that nothing will make me like what's happened in yep. this episode. Agreed. So I'm trying to view it as a standalone thing. Like, assuming that that thing is untouchable, it is fact, whether I like it or not, how did this one build on that episode? And I think, from that perspective, this episode was better than last week's. Um, and visually, it was visually, actually pretty incredible. Visually phenomenal. Uh, Clegane Bowl... Very good. The, I saw some complaints about that one. I don't so understand why. I, I didn't see really any complaints. My only complaint, it wasn't about the Clegane cl- cl- Bowl. Um, <laughs> words are hard. Um, was, did the Hound just forget he feared fire? The whole time. No. Not even in the fight. I mean, just me getting to the fight. Like, not even a look. Well, no, the whole point is, and I, I've had this discussion with a few people, um, most arduously with my brother um where he's been very upset with like oh all the characters suck now yeah that's actually not true some of them have still been maintained very well some of them have been brutally altered from what their intended path seemed to be the last few years um and i think with the hound this was a good capping of his whole arc where he finally he went from fearing fire above all else breaking at the battle of blackwater to the point with Fighting uh, Barak Dondarrion barely got through his fear of the fire right. in that moment to save his life, and then got to the point, you know, a couple weeks ago, the Battle of Winterfell, where it was like, he okay, froze. he yeah. froze, but yeah. eventually he, he found something, motivation to push him right. past it, and now it's, fuck it, I'm gonna get done the one true thing that right. I spent my whole life on. Right. So that that's fine. I, I don't think the the fire should have stopped him, but at some point he has to have a look. He has to have a moment where the the entire city's on fire. Beric Dondarrion just had a sword that was on fire, and he was like, whoa, <laughs> like, I'm out. Like, well, at some point, he's just got to, like, while he's going through it, there's got to be some flame that comes through a wall, and he's got to have his moment of, like, oh, man, my, my biggest fear is right here, and he's just got to push, even just a look, 
something has to happen I, I where he just like completely forgot that he didn't fear flames. I don't agree because he even said last week, and it was a good bit of continuity. He said last week, "I don't plan on coming back." He knows he's going to die at some point on this. I, day. I just think there, that it was an opportunity to see just a visual look or something he says where something the entire city's on fire. This has been his fear his whole life. Where even a look where he's like. Fuck it, I'm not afraid of this anymore, and just push through. Even he went through it through a flame, like the door got closed off through a flame, and he just you know ran through it type of thing. Something to to show it. I know. I guess I guess it was more of an implicitly done thing where it's we've keeps having these tests where it's what will he do to get past the fire? Is fighting for King's Landing and Joffrey worth it? Fuck no, it wasn't. He leaves. Is fighting for his life worth it? Only barely. It becomes up being fifty fifty with right. Beric where he goes through it. He pauses and then finally breaks through it because caring for Arya actually mattered to him. But the one true thing that mattered to him was killing his right. brother. And at that point, And it's... that was a great scene. I, I enjoyed every second of that. Um, the only other... The only thing I, I saw... the a great line, too. <laughs> Fucking die. <laughs> it was like the, what I said. The uh, Austin Powers, when he keeps trying to Why stab Why would you die? And they fall out of the building and they land and she's still not dead. That was yes. the exact same thing. Um, I've seen people uh, unhappy with the Jamie storyline. I'm, I'm one of those people. I was I'm a little disappointed with... How you have this massive arc? He the the thing that pisses me off the most is him getting with Brienne and just like in the middle of that, like you know what? Never mind. Like yes. that to me is is just why would you even do it? I completely agree. For all that I think they've done a good job with someone like the Hound, I think at the end they completely fucked up. I think they completely fucked up the uh, the situation with Jamie. I'm more mad about that than Danny. I think. Um, just because, like, well, the stakes matter less because I it's always 100% expect stakes less. I always expected that he was going to die in some way, shape, or form. Um, sorry about the dogs, guys. We are recording this night for once, so they don't really have a great excuse to be barking. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I expected it with Jamie. So at that point, it's kind of just a well, he was going to die at some point. He was whatever, like he's going back to be with Cersei. I always assumed that he was going to go back and kill Cersei. Yeah, same with me. Though I knew that they were hinting at. Arya being a candidate for that as well. Yeah. Um, and I was actually good with that. And that's my next complaint. I have three complaints. Arya is the third one. She's 99% of the way to Cersei. And she's just, and the hound's like, there's death up there. And she's like, oh, you're right. Like, oh, is the exit the same way I came in? Like, <laughs> that to me was like, you needed, you needed a bigger situation where her whole thing was killing Cersei. She gets to the doorstep of Cersei and was like, you know what? I'm going to turn around. Like, that I thought was. I get Again, it. I guess I think it was a, another thing that was just a little bit clumsy, but overall, I actually didn't mind the way they handled they, that. They should have done that that conversation way before that. That that I would say that's what She's I'm saying. Like, literally there in spirit, I agreed with what they did, but yeah, they probably pushed it past the point of no return. Like they the the, the flames coming down should have like in the streets and like Arya freaking out like why is Danny doing this? Danny snapping and the Hound given that speech there, even I think he should have given a little bit more, where he's like, no, she's dead, you have a new enemy, and, like, doing that, to me, like, she was literally at the steps, and, like, the girl that, the lady you've been trying to kill for five seasons is right upstairs, and she's gonna be like, you know what, you're right, I'm, the exit is to the left outside? Yeah, I'll go there. And to me, that was just like, uh, uh, are you kidding me? She's right there. She's right upstairs. You can see her. Kill her. Like, to me, that was, you, you gotta do that a different way. You gotta do that a different way. Um, yeah, I guess a good scene between her and the Hound. I like that. Where yeah, well, Sand, I guess she I calls guess, her Sandor. Or I guess I would have him Sandor. Yeah, he's probably she's probably the only person who called him that, other than Beric. Yeah, I think yeah. I, we were talking. Me and yeah, my brother were talking about that when we were watching. I was like, she might be the only person who called him that to his face. Yeah. And I was like, actually, no, I'm pretty sure that Beric did once or twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess 
right when they're getting to the castle doors, if he has that conversation with her, yeah. that like, probably would have worked. Just flames everywhere. It's just chaos. And you, well, if you see the, the 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 thing itself crumbling yeah, right then like, and there, it's like, listen, dead. if you go in there, right. you're not coming out. There's no guarantee you get to her. Right. Even even from the perspective of, why don't out, you wait out here and see if she makes it out? Right. Type of and, deal. And points out, you know, you look look what's happening. Like you have a new enemy type yeah. of thing. That would have made more sense to me than. Well, I think they want to set that up more implicitly, which I didn't mind the whole thing of doing most of the escape from her perspective. Watching the whole city cr- yeah. crumble around her because that's showing you that she is putting she, a new name on right, her list. Agreed. I don't mind that actually being more implicit where they think that sometimes when they've tried to do that, it's been, I'm not entirely sure what you're trying to tell right. me or whatever you're trying to tell me is not very effective. Right. right. That, no, that's fair. I, I just didn't like, you know, she's been saying Cersei in her sleep for years and was there and was like, the Houndress is like, there's death up there. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Like, See ya. News to me? <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, I thought that's why I came. So that, I was a little bit, and I didn't see anybody like talking about that. And I saw that. I was like, did not like that scene. Um, other than that, I mean, those are the three big things. Again, I jotted down. I'll do one good thing. Yeah. Um, the I'll mountain do. swatting Kyburn. Fantastic. Yeah, that was a good scene. That whole scene was good. Yeah. Uh, the Cersei trying to like dip out. Like, like, uh, yeah, I'll let you guys handle this. This is clearly not about me. This is an ABC conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'll see my way right. out of here. Exactly. Um, the only other thing, I'll just list off. I don't want to go into detail on any of these. These are the things I jotted down before the big things happen. So number one, Tyrion just rats on himself in the beginning. Yeah. I, I fucked sp- up. I, sp- I spilled the beans. Yeah, no, I know already. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, two, no one's suspicious of Tyrion sending the guards away to see his brother. A little bit lazy, I thought. Well, they're meant to not question their orders. I, I understand, but did the queen tell you? No. Well, I think the queen probably told you that one. Well, not directly, which is the point. Yeah. I, it was one, some captain of the Unsullied. I, I think you maybe asked a question there. Uh, three, no one prepared for the dragon. One, you're, on, you're on again. Three for three, one dragon. 600 scorpions can't hit one shot. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's meant to be a testament to her finally being fully committed. Yeah. Hey, we're going through the sun this time. But still, like, you gotta, one of those has gotta hit, I feel like. Well, the I, the thing is, I have a that went more how I expected dragons to deal with them, and to the lore of the story itself, especially from the books, is much more accurate than what happened last week, which is part of what made that so offensive to me. The dragon finally was used. Uh, dragons just have unlimited fire. I, I learned they just don't need to reboot. Yeah, so you said something on the, yeah, you don't on have the Twitter. To unplug it and plug it back in. It's just unlimited fire breathing. There's no cooldown. Yeah. No, I think I would think you need to take. Give me five. Let me recoup my, I don't know. I mean, recoup my flame. They're magic, so yeah, I guess. who knows what the rules are. Uh, Jamie stabbed up 57 times, gets up and walks to Cersei. Well, but the whole point, Euron was right. I killed Jamie Lannister. Yeah. He may get up and walk away, but eventually at some point that day he's dying. Yes. Uh, another one. Sansa is the smartest person I know, was said by Arya on the season. Just a bullshit foreshadowing. It had no substance. It had no reason at the time. It was just foreshadowing. Yeah. That's it, it all it was used for. Um... That's that's really the only ones I had, but that I jotted those downs, and then the big things happen. I'm like, I can just kind of delete those. <laughs> but that's all I got. Uh, the the finale. I really don't have high expectations. So, I, don't, I don't think I would be. I'm gonna be happy with it. I'm just gonna take it for what it is. Yeah, and that's kind of. I said at this point, I, my biggest feeling when it's over might actually be relief that I won't be disappointed anymore. Right? Yeah, agreed. Um, which is very disappointing in and of its own itself. So right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they'll still be... Uh, the thing is, even with these episodes that I've had a lot of struggle with, there's still been plenty of good. It's just that there's been more bad. It's it's getting from A to B. I've had the biggest issue. I, 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 get, I understand that they got there, but 
just the way they got there doesn't make sense. My final sense note on this is I'm trying to rationalize some of it because I've been talking to some other people trying to just process what's been going on and why it's been so rushed. Because that's really what it is. It's just they're rushing. rushing. Yes. Um, and it doesn't seem... I always assumed that HBO was like, hey, we're going to give you this amount of money. Um, it's a huge amount of money. You figure out what you can do with that money. And it's the other way around. And it seems like it's the other way around as best I can tell. And I don't really understand why. And the only thing I can think of and this week's episode is what was a tipping point for me on this theory where I'm starting to think it's at least an aspect of it. It may not be the biggest aspect. Is so the Star Wars thing? No. Um, no, actually. I don't think that's what it is. I know some people are pitching that. No, I'm wondering how much struggle some of the actors and actresses are putting on like the showrunners. Like, yeah, I'm over well, this. I've heard the opposite. I heard that the, the actors and HBO were both on board. Like, give me 10, we'll do it. A lot of them. But yeah. I don't know about all of them. Uh, because watching the way Lena Headey didn't do anything this whole season. Yeah. She did nothing. Yeah. I wonder if, if if someone like her, and I don't think it's only her, but she seemed like she's being the one of those important ones and being so, you know, forward-facing on the show. She had like 15 lines this season. The whole last episode. And like four of them were aware of the elephants. Yeah. And the whole, this whole past episode, it's just her looking at her balcony. Yeah. I, like they shot all of her scenes in one day. I, I think it's more the I wonder uh, if someone, she, guys. If, if she's like, hey. I'm contractually obligated to be here a minimum of ten days, and I will be here for ten days. Nah, I don't figure think, it out. I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's them. And I don't think it's just. Her. I think it's a bunch out. of them. I think it's the guys getting burnt out, and they have the, you know the new stuff coming up, and they're like, you know what, we can do it in six, whatever. And my guess is they thought the fans would love it regardless of what they put out, and it's just not the case. The yeah, last episode, fifty-two percent. So. The thing is, tomatoes. these 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 things these issues have been going back for a couple of years now. It's just that they've been the most noticeable this year. Um, I didn't like see yeah I didn't really love season seven. There's parts of season seven that I hated. So yeah, but we'll, we'll go over. We got one more. We'll go through a, a a last recap next week. Yeah. So let's talk a little hockey draft. Yeah. Because the Hughes Kako debate is raging right now. It is definitely trending up right now. Um, yeah, because it's World Championships. Um, Hughes has really been the consensus number one probably for almost three years. Um. And it's he, wild that, how that can happen. Yeah. Like, you don't get that a lot. In, yeah, it's like McDavid had that kind of same thing. Yeah, it's um, only like really hockey that you can yeah. do that thing. Because like basketball, these guys are like 14 when that's going on yeah. or whatever. And then in football, like you get a Genevieve clowning where it's like a year or two ahead of time. Yeah. But, like yeah. Bernard Oliver type of situation. Yeah, so Hughes has been the guy. I mean, the, the hashtag all season was, you know, suck for Hughes. Um, not a great hashtag. No, not a, you know, it doesn't have a rhyme. Not great. Um, it's got to be a rhyme or alliteration. Yeah, it's suck for be, Sam. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. It wasn't clever. Or but, suck for luck. Yeah, it, it wasn't clever, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the the devil's the devil's Twitter account. But how was it not lose for Hughes? It might have been lose for Hughes. Suck for Hughes might have also been. I think it was lose for Hughes. Now you just mention it. Yeah, that would make more sense. I think it was lose for Hughes. Um, Shows you how much I pay attention to. Yeah, with with well, hockey I'm, draft when the Islanders are really bad. I pay close attention because I'm expecting a top five pick. I want to know one of these guys. But when they're really good, I pay zero attention we because it doesn't about, matter. We talked about that like before on, a, I think it was episode one, where we talked about uh, a little bit about the, the draft. And you, you knew Hughes' name, but you didn't really know Kako. And, no. Uh, Kako has been my guy all season, uh, but that was because I thought he'd be in the you know, four, three to six range, and he just, his stock could not be soaring higher. Like it was Hughes number one before the season. Kako was talked about, but not you know not nearly as much. People thought he could go two, and then it was Locke one two. Those are the two guys. And now, I would say on, on draft night, it's probably gonna be fifty fifty on on who the Devils take. I personally would take Kako. I just think he's more NHL ready. But the 
like the Jack Hughes, like it has flipped on him in it's, like three games. It's turned to not even just questions, but like outright like hatred of him yeah. as a prospect. Yeah, and it's not just Rangers. Like Rangers fans, I can understand because they've they've talked themselves into Kako. Like Hughes is one. This is our guy. We're gonna just be all in on him. And now it's like no, he's going one, and they just haven't seen enough of Hughes, and all they're seeing is World Championships where he's not playing well, but. It's not really his fault. He's he's played a lot of hockey this year. Two, they're playing on a much bigger rink. He's not used to playing on a rink. He's playing against men, which he's never played against. Uh, Kako all, has all God the forbid it took him three games to get acquainted with yeah. that situation. Yeah. <laughs> and he's playing in a role that he's never played in. He He's always been the best player on his team. and now Best he gets, player on the ice, yeah, like and, unquestionably. Yeah, and now he's playing with NHL stars. He's playing with Patrick King. And guys Johnny are Goudreau. going to be soon. Yeah, Jun- Johnny Goudreau. And he's used to playing... First line center, playing 20 minutes, 22 minutes a night. Now he's playing third line center. He's playing, you know, 13, 14 minutes a night. It's a completely different role for him. So I don't, I'm not surprised he's not playing well. I, and I'm not surprised Kako is playing well because, one, he's used to playing against men. Two, he's used to the size of the rink. Three, Finland didn't bring most of their stars. Most of their stars are not there. So he's the All go-to right. guy on on Finland. So he's playing very similar to what he he's played, so I'm not surprised. I'm a little bit surprised he's got five goals in two games, or th- and now it's three games. Um, I'm a little surprised by that, but you know that him doing better than than Hughes is not a surprise to me. And I, I'm a little bit surprised that people are on flipping on Hughes as much as they are. I will say from my perspective, it's been interesting to watch the last few weeks because it was like there was champagne being popped when the not the Islanders when the Rangers got the second overall pick, yeah. and like for the last couple of weeks, it's like. We're going to have Kako. This is going to be a huge solution. Even if we get Hughes, that could be great too. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff. And that's kind of what you said in your dream scenario that you wrote for the Spin Tune. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then, you know, it was even getting to the point, man, we are in the driver's seat because we don't have to be forced to have the tough decision. Yep. We're going to get a great player either way. It just seems like it's odd mm-hmm. that it's it's gone like full circle from like, oh, this is going to be great no matter what, to now it's like, there seems like there's a, like a, a faction of Rangers fans are getting really loud where it's like, oh no, we're going to get Hughes, this sucks, which is a weird yeah. pivot. I think, I think it's I'm very, not saying it's the majority, no, it's but a, it's a loud No, it's, it's a very small minority. Um, they do talk about it a lot, so you do see it. But there are Devils fans I've seen that are like, they don't want, they were all in on Hughes, and now they're like, we don't want to touch Hughes, it's Kako. So it, I've seen it both ways. Recency bias is yeah, the and thing. it's And that's my thing is, uh, scouts are not going to throw throw out two years of scouting for one tournament. You would have thought Hughes like tripped and fell right in front of the, yeah. the strip on a marathon. Like it, it's they're not going to th- like if they were close. Uh, and Kako had a great year. It's not like he's this is coming out of nowhere. It really feels like it's just that one video of that goal that he scored. No, <laughs> he, must have he he's had moments, multiple moments where have been gifts that are like wow. Um, they, they do. It just feels like that was like where it hit like a fever pitch. Yeah, it, it, people the scouts are not going to throw out. Two years. If they've had Hughes number one for the last two years or year, they're not going to change it right now. If it was close, where scouts were like, "This is neck and neck," I could see them saying, "You know what? Kako might be the better pick." I don't think scouts are going to see the recency bias that Twitter has, where if if Jack Hughes scores a hat trick next game, this is people are going to be like, "Jack Hughes number one again." It's it's just what Twitter is. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I think the really it's it's really important to note it's been three games. Yeah, said, right? three games. Like. It's going to take him a few games to adjust to playing at a substantially higher level like that. Like, yeah. hell, even if he sucks for the rest of the tournament, or is he done? Is the, no, it's, I've been he's watching. Still, no, they still got games left. Um, well, I don't know if, the, if there was elimination or whatever. Even coming into camp, and if you're not playing great in the preseason, like, 
it's okay. Yeah. He doesn't have to be playing all 80 games, this 82 games, whatever, this season. If he plays 50 of them, 60 of them, 70 of them, and is great, then great. You right. know, I mean, it takes most of these guys, even guys who get promoted from day one, they're not usually stars from day one unless you're like Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's, Hughes has played, hasn't played anything, you know, over college. He hasn't even played college hockey yet. Like, he's still, he turned 18 today. He's playing against high school kids. Yeah. He's playing against kids and he's dominating it. He's breaking every record. So, I mean, he's got talent. I'm, I, I'm ecstatic with either. I, per, it's fine to prefer one or the other. Yeah. If you prefer Kako to Hughes, I'm probably on that page where they do a lot of the same things. They have very similar games. Kako just bigger, and I'm I'm fine with taking Kako. But if you are upset that Jack Hughes is going to be a Ranger, feels misguided. It's 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 just it's a, you, it's a weird backlash. The only thing it's I can equate it to is you talked yourself into Kako because you didn't think Hughes would be there. It's the Darnold Mayfield. Yeah, thing. and it, it, exact that's exactly what I said. It was it was Jets fans talking themselves into Baker Mayfield, and then Baker Mayfield going one, and then Sam Darnold going three, going wait what. Although it just felt more like confusion, there I didn't feel like there was a backlash. I know there 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 wasn't a backlash, but people were there were people. Like, Although they, oh no, I don't like this. Everyone had to process it in like twelve hours, yeah. as opposed to now we have a few weeks to do this. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a coin, uh, basically a coin flip on draft night. I do think they'll end up taking the Devils will take Hughes just because he's been one because they I think they're going to think he's the better player. Two, he has a relationship with the Devils. Cheryl's good friends with his dad. And Taylor Hall is like, and again, still weird that they've been the, their social team has been like pumping that, and and that's super a, weird. The, yeah, the Devils social team has been pumping Hughes all off season. The last week or so, they've been pumping Gacko, which is a little bit weird. Which I think is going to backfire because whichever <laughs> one they don't take, people are just going to take the other tweets. Whenever if they take Gacko, they're just going to find old Hughes tweets. And anytime Hughes scores against the Devils, they're just going to throw those tweets at him. So somewhere freezing cold takes is rubbing their hands yeah, together. <laughs> it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. Um, but I, again, I do think they're taking the Devils are taking Hughes. Um, one because they think he's better. Two because of the relationship. And uh, three because it makes a lot of sense to try and lock up your top two centers. Well, three I was going to say is um, um, I forgot what I was going to say. You just threw me off. There. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't expect um, that to throw you off. Yeah. Um, oh, three was. He's been the consensus number one for two years, and to flip it last second, they don't want to have a chip like that on the shoulder of the going to the direct rival. Sure, like the chip, yeah, like literally take, division rivals. Right, if they don't take Kako, there's no chip. Kako has always been the second guy. If they don't take Hughes, Hughes is going to. They're going to have Make to it deal his life's with mission. exactly. <laughs> they, I've been the consensus one for all two years. You passed on me, even with all our relationships. And I'm going to your rival. You're not even your rival. It's not even like the Nolan Patrick, Nico Hirschier thing. Like, that was a coin flip too. But this is your biggest rival. And he's going to, you know, five miles down the road. I think that is too much to overcome. So I do think it's going to end up being Hughes. Um, Hughes won, Kako two. But I, it, it could be a coin flip on that night. And I'm going to be... Nick, the, the Rangers are in the best spot imaginable. They don't have to pick. Whoever's left over... If it's Hughes, we get a chip on the shoulder and a talented player. If we get Kako, it's the guy we thought we were going to get all along. Yeah, I mean, it seems like both teams are set up pretty well, although who the hell knows? I yeah, mean, we'll see. As good as Jack Eichel's been, it hasn't transformed Buffalo, and although neither has Edmonton been from McDavid. I mean, sure. He's been excellent. Yeah. No questions with how he's played, but the team itself hasn't been transformed in the way they want. They've had one playoff appearance since he's been there. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a nice piece to have, but it's there's much bigger things to do with agency and developing the other young talent which no one's talking about anymore it's funny that 
We talk about, you know, uh, yeah, that Hughes, Kako, <laughs> and then, you know, Philip Heedle is not talked about at all anymore. And he's who? like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who? Philip Heedle, who? Like, people were raving about how he might be one of the best prospects in the NHL, and just no one talks about it anymore. And I think there's a lot of guys on the Rangers we are going to be like, whoa, I forgot this guy was even, like, a prospect, and he's going to they're going to turn into stars. So mm. that's all I got. All we'll, right. we'll, 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 uh, we'll keep tabs on that, and then obviously once the draft comes close, we'll, we'll, we'll dive back in in free agency in July. All right. Okay, guys, so we're going to talk about the draft lottery right now. We are live. We are live watching it. You guys obviously already know the order, but we're just going to give you our reaction. So number 14 was the Celtics. I think we got to see. We got to pull up the— That's the Sacramento pick? Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay. Um, Number 13 is the Heat. Oh, they're going quick. Yeah. Okay, good. I told you, yeah, this, this is, is this gonna is they're going to rattle right through these. Um, basically, as Knicks fans, we just can't hope a team jumps up. Look, yeah, Hornets. Uh, I wish I had I pulled 12. up the... I will say, so far, I, I put down a list of worst-case scenarios. Celtics and Heat getting it would have been amongst the very worst-case scenarios. What about Lakers? Scenarios. Lakers, Lakers would have been just behind the two of them. Yeah, Lakers, I would say. From a, not Those are all from a Knicks perspective. I think the Lakers might have just moved up. Yeah, um, they just moved up into the top. Four. Yeah, t- Lakers just moved up into the top four. Oh, so not great, not great. Um, I will say that from a league standpoint, oh good, the Hawks are low because they were amongst my worst case scenarios. And they were second high. tier. They were high up in the odds, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I think they were top five or yeah. six. Um, the only other thing that, from a league perspective, I think is an absolute worst case is New Orleans getting number one. Yeah, which. By the end of this, we may have uh, seen that. Wizards? Okay, good. All good. right, so the the Knicks can't finish worse than fifth. So really, we I don't have... Oh, no. Memphis Grizzlies in the top four. Knicks. Admittedly, this might be... some team's going to fuck us... Oh, the Pelicans are in the top four. This is the oh, worst no. case. This is... It's all over the place. <laughs> all the Hawks are eight. That's That means they're not in the top four. Oh, they have eight and ten? Yeah. They don't have anything down there about the... This is... This is... The Bulls? The Bulls. Okay. That's, that was another one that was in the top five. That would have just been destining them for relevance. Oh my... This is insane. The fact that it hasn't shown us yet... Well, we... we or is, I guess they, they won't because we're amongst yeah, them. Yeah, we're, we, we, we might get five, but... Oh, because the, the other ones were at the lower. Yeah. Suns, okay. Wait, that's a big plus. The, this is not going well for us. Um, well, it's not going three well. Three teams that were not supposed to be in the top five are in the top top four. Oh. oh. Okay, so we're not five. We're in the top four. We're in the top four. Oh, my God. If Cleveland got number one again oh. for the fourth this time is, in seven years. This is either the worst podcast or the best podcasting of all time. All you hear is... Mo- just moaning, <laughs> moaning, sighing, yeah. some barking. All right, so Nick's top four. You guys can probably hear the the TV very quietly in the background. Yeah. Oh man, uh, we have to look up those odds to see number one. Lakers had like a one or like a two point one percent chance. That low? Yeah, they were tenth. Were they? Okay. Um, the Grizzlies, I don't remember. The Pelicans were low too. Oh no! Oh, Should we pause it now? Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna pause. They're a commercial. Knicks are at a top four pick going into commercial. We'll be back in like three minutes. Okay, and we're back um, with the reveal of the top four picks. Um, hopefully, this isn't the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's probably not the best thing ever. It's not. But so the the uh, updated odds or the odds to get the top pick: 
Knicks are at plus 600, Grizzlies at plus 1200, Pelicans plus 1400, Lakers plus 4000. Wow. So the Knicks have a 2-1 to one over the next one. So. I did some very rough math, uh, which is to say that I made things up when Shea told me that uh, 6%, 6%, and 2% was the other three teams the, having the yeah. first pick, and the Knicks had a 14. I said, so it's basically a 50 It's a 50-50 50 50 shot right here. <laughs> they both had up to 14. That, that sounds right, like a 50-50 to me. Number four, for love of Pete. <sighs> Lakers. Yes! Lakers four. Lakers four. All right, so RJ Bear or Bust at this point? What, for the Lakers? Oh! 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 Knicks at three. Oh, my God. So, R.J. Barrett. Oh, yeah, it's R.J. Barrett. Oh, my God, the Pelicans are going to end up getting it. The yeah. Pelicans! My, my doomsday scenario came out. Yes. The Pelicans. The Pelicans. I mean, unless they're trying to run it back. Rigged. Unless, this is rigged. Unless they're trying to run it back with the Duke squad. They're going to trade us the number one pick, or their number three pick, R.J. Barrett for for Anthony Davis. All right, we so lose we'll, a ton of leverage on that whole all right, scenario. So we'll go right into it. Um, initial reactions. Bad? Um, yeah, I mean, looking at percentages, it, it's kind of where it works out. You have 14% chances, as good as anybody else. Um, I think it was 48% to get the fifth pick, 52% to be in the top four. So this is kind of where the math thought we would be. Um I'm a, I'm not happy with it just because Zion to the Knicks has been the the storyline pumped out by even ESPN has been pumping Zion to the Knicks. Third was the absolute lowest I would want to go because it is it is Zion it is Ja and it is RJ Barrett and, then, and I do I feel in my, like my, admittedly I'm not an expert on this in any way I feel like I'm much more comfortable with NFL draft stuff which we were talking about in the last few weeks. I feel like all three of those guys are going to be pretty good players. Uh, yeah. Zion, it's after that that I have a lot more questions. Like, I don't love Cam Reddish. Yeah, Zion Zion is in... Zion and Ja on their own tier. Zion's better than Ja, but um, they're both, I think, you know, perennial all-stars. RJ, you know, is going to be, I think, a nice player, but showed, a, you know, some inconsistency and, and wasn't as dominant as people thought he was going to be in college. You know, he was the, he was well, the he top was the number one, right? And Zion was number two, and Zion was the guy on Duke. Um, so it, I, I'm fine with RJ Barrett. Um, and, it, but this whole off season, the whole next, next season has always depended on free, once free agency, once you trade a KP for basically cap space, I mean, they got first round picks out of it. Yeah. But it, they, they sold basically low. They didn't get a ton, two picks that could be in the twenties and, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. Who's an, a nice player. He's not anything. You know, you're, he's not a feature in a, in a big trade. No, he's more realistically, if you're building the type of team that you're talking about building, he's going to be somewhere between, what, your fifth and seventh best player on your team if you're going to yeah. build a legit contender. Yeah, so um, it's always been about free agency. But a guy who's going to play a lot of minutes. Yeah, it's always been about free agency. Um, the thing that hurts with this is this just gave you a lot of options because you either have the option of keeping Zion or moving him in a package for... Davis, you basically have removed that yeah. eventuality. They, I, I mean, I could see, I could see the it's, Pelicans saying, "Give us more. three, give us Knox, give us you know maybe both of the Dallas picks, and we'll give you AD." That's what I'm saying. It's going to cost a lot more than it's going to cost a lot more. They might do it because hey, we have the first and the third pick. Like we can get Barrett and Zion, and we roll with that for the next decade. But the difference was it could have been Zion and like ancillary pieces. Yeah, and now it's going to be Barrett. And yeah. pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's 
It's uh, pieces that you want to be able to use in the future. It's not ideal, but it's not worst case scenario. Fifth, no, fifth, fifth this is the worst fifth, case. Yeah, but I think bad. yeah, but I think fourth and fifth basically the same thing. Um, yeah, there's no it, consensus. You need after, to be top. Three. Yeah, you need to be top three. Um, more, basically top two, third. It was you know one, two, three was his own tier, and then it was four and the rest. Um, so not the worst. No, not the best. No, classic Knicks. But yeah, <laughs> no, the Knicks would be the worst. Um, it's all, it's always been free agency. So yeah. unless this changes Durant's decision where he's like, no, I, I thought I was playing with Zion. I don't want to play with RJ Barra. I doubt that's the reason I, I can't you know see that being the deciding factor of no, but it could have been, Hey, I'm planning on coming to play with Zion and, or Anthony Davis, you know, well, it'd be, or Anthony Davis. And now if that removes one of those two options yeah, or makes the other one, potentially not feasible even where it's yeah hey it's not realistic for us to get davis either yeah so the davis rumors came out you know pretty hard today um it's been it's, it's been brewing but days, today but was with a realistically t- it's always been on the table yeah. since we secured one of the top three picks yeah they, the i just saw it today chances. that it, it started to pick up steam where the knicks were actively doing it or looking to move um for the three you know i'm doing it i'm gonna try it even if it includes Knox. Well, um, Knox is a whole different situation because he had a really bad rookie season. He had, a, he had a very streaky. He was up and down. Where he would score 31 points and then he would go four for 27 shooting. But I know a lot of numbers and a lot of metrics pointed towards yeah, his the, numbers the metrics, being amongst some of the worst bust level players. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give up on him yet. Uh, I agree. I think some of that's slightly over-exaggerated, but it's still a big red flag. And he it was, ended up being... I didn't expect him to be great, but I was expecting him to be better than he was. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I expect him to be a, a, a better, but he, this is what he was in college. Knox was an inconsistent, streaky score, score and that's exactly what he was here. He still, I think he was the youngest guy in the draft, so he's still got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think if you can package three Knox, even, uh, Neil Aquino, who's got pretty, probably little no, to no value, uh, and then maybe... That's the other thing that hurts, though, is to whiff on both those guys in back-to-back years. Potentially. Uh, yeah, potentially. I, I think Knox is... Knox has shown he can he can score. Just can he do it consistently? He's uh, yeah. I guess he's shown that he's better than Nilakina was as a rookie. But uh, the question is how much better. I don't know that it was a huge difference between the two. Yeah. Um. And if they can package something to get Davis, and I'm only getting Davis if he signs long term. Uh, if he if he's not willing to sign, and he says no. I'll I'll you know see in free agency. You can't do it. No. Not where the Knicks are. Um. No, because that's going to be doing the same old thing that they've always been doing. Yeah, you need a little bit more certainty and a little bit more patience. Yeah, so um, unless the unless that condition is what the condition that Durant says is, no, yeah. you go get me him, otherwise I'm not coming. Yeah, and then I think your hands are properly tied, but that's not the worst place to be in. Yeah, you know, being forced to gut yourself a little bit more. It's not the same as gutting your roster entirely for Carmelo when all you have is Mar Stoudemire. Yeah, this is a much higher floor outcome than that. Yeah. Um, there, I guess there's still a chance John Morant falls to three. There's a chance that... There's always surprises, that, right? The whole thing with well, the, the Tatum like, thing. Yeah, people like Barrett. Um, there's teams that probably like Barrett it, you know, it, as much, if not more, than Morant, where he could fall It could be a question of two. fit. Who, yeah. wait, who was the Pelicans were one and then Memphis was two? Yeah. Memphis has Conley. Conley. So... I, I I wouldn't be shocked to see if Morant fell to three. No, but I also doesn't view that as like a like a definite situation where it's like no no they don't need a point guard or they won't go point guard. Yeah, no, it's it's. Although I, I'd be lying if I said outside of Conley and actually no, I outside of Conley I don't know a single person. Off the well, top they of my head they were trying business. to um, 
Conley was in trade rumors all season, basically. Been in trade rumors for years, it feels like. It's because he signed a big deal and the team wasn't very good yeah. and he wanted to play for a contender. So I, maybe they try to move him. I don't think that was... They, they couldn't do it last year, so maybe they try to revisit it. Um, but wow, this... R.J. Barrett... Or John Morant probably to the Knicks unless they move him for AD and we'll we'll probably revisit it once free agency gets closer. I wish the free agency was before the draft. Yeah, the draft first kind of you know screws it up a little bit. But well, is this hockey does it the same way, right? With the... I think it's flipped. Is it? I think it's free agency first then the draft. Okay, I can't hockey. remember. Um, well, because I know free I think agency it's, is just flipped. July first. Yeah. So um, but yeah, that's 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 a live reaction of. Of the the NBA lottery, Knicks at three, which is uh, kind of what I expected. To be honest, I wasn't expecting one. I wasn't expecting five. So feels like we always do this dance where it's like we're gonna have eighth, we're gonna have seventh, we're gonna jump up to fourth. Yeah. Um, seventh, ninth. Yeah. Mm, we're gonna jump up to six. You know, yeah. we're gonna jump up to three. We just never quite make it. <laughs> yeah. Well. That's all I got for the lottery. We'll we'll go back to NBA stuff to closer to free agency. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Spin Tune Sports Show. You can reach us on Twitter at Spin Tune Sports and at the Spin Tune. You can find me and Shafe as well at Alessandro B eleven eighty seven and at Shafe Spur. See you next week. Later.